Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. You know, have you ever been in a season of life or go through um, periods of time where it just seems like you just can't win? It seems like that every time you get punched, get up, you get punched again. And just in the moment of time, you say, well, surely nothing else is gonna happen. Guess what normally happens? Whatever that something else is. And so I think we can all relate that this has happened, if not happening, maybe in your life, even right now in this moment. You know, there's several quotes that probably sum this up that'll, that can kind of bring life to our heart when we think about these, these quotes, but you know, one of the ones that we're all familiar with is when it rains, it pours. The one that I always say, if you've been around me for any amount of time, this is where my wife thinks I'm negative, but if it weren't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Y'all relate? Then there's an easy one that I can't win for losing. Then I found one that's probably the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life, and I laughed my head off when I read it. And this is, I could completely relate. My luck is so bad. If I bought a cemetery, people would stop dying. (laughs) Y'all think I'm kidding. But I believe that's a reality for me. But all joking aside, we can, we can laugh about these things. We can, the reason we can laugh is because we can all relate. We all know what it's like to go through these seasons where we just feel like we can't win. And it's almost as if we're in the middle of tough times and those tough times keep getting tougher. You know, last week as we begin Jesus's farewell letter or farewell address rather, to the disciples, they're all sitting at a dinner table having their last conversation before Jesus would begin his journey to the cross to where ultimately he would lay down his life and die. We see that as a result of some things that were said at that dinner table, we see as a result of some things that took place at that dinner table that the disciples have become troubled, that they've become in a position where now they're, they're struggling. Maybe there's a lot of question, maybe there's a lot of fear, maybe there's a lot of anxiety, maybe there's a, just a lot of question of the unknown. I mean, you think about all, what all's happened just in these, we don't know exactly how long the duration of time was, but it's at dinner time, so it's not a very long period of time that they're sitting at this table, but Just in a few moments, they've heard that their Messiah, that Jesus, the one that they've been following, the one that they've walked hand in hand with for the last three and a half years, they've just heard that he's about to die, that he's gonna leave them. Then on the flip side, they're 
absolutely humiliated because this Messiah has just washed their feet. So can you imagine the humility that these men are feeling right now? And then Jesus goes on to tell them that while it may appear we're all one big happy family, there's one of you at the table that's gonna betray me. Then as you see later on in John chapter 14, in that same conversation, Jesus makes a reference to Peter, the, the boldest, most stubborn disciple of all. That this one that you all think is on another level is gonna deny me three times. And so for obvious reasons, the disciples' emotions, their feelings, what they're processing in their mind, I think we can all relate because they're probably all over the place. They probably are thinking just when it can't get any worse, Jesus tells us something else. And so the emotions that they're feeling, they're, they're probably brokenhearted. I would venture to say they're absolutely humiliated. They're probably angry at the thought that one of the t at the table is gonna betray the Messiah, the Son of God. They may even be in shock. Maybe they thought, we never thought this would come to this. And so it says that the the hits just keep on coming. And because the hits just keep on coming, the disciples, according to scripture, the Bible says that they are troubled. Now, I want you to listen to the definition of troubled. If we're troubled, it means that it is causing an inward commotion meaning that in our hearts and in our minds, everything is chaotic, everything is unsettled. And then it also, a better way to describe is it, to be troubled is to take away the calmness of mind. Maybe you once were calm, maybe you once were settled, but because of a chain of events, now all of a sudden that calmness is gone, it's subsided. But as we're gonna to see today in John chapter 14, verse one, that as the, as the disciples are troubled, we're gonna see Jesus stay true to what he claimed last week. Remember in the beginning of, of John chapter 14, or at the end of last week, we talked about that it says that Jesus loved them to the end. And so what we're gonna read today, just in even verse one, is that Jesus is gonna stay true to loving the disciples to the very end. And what you're gonna hear in the, the heart of the Son of God today is that instead of worrying about his death, Instead of worrying about what he's gonna face tomorrow, instead of worrying about what he's about to have to experience, he's more concerned about the condition of the disciples. 
So what we read in John chapter 14, the very first part of verse one, listen to what Jesus tells the disciples in reference to their troubled heart. Are you ready? Do not let your heart be troubled. That's some earth shattering news, isn't it? And so we know the disciples' hearts are troubled because Jesus tells them not to be. And so as he tells them to to not let your heart be troubled in spite of all the hits that you've just taken, in spite of everything that you've just heard, in spite of all the things that I've just unveiled to you, just calm down. Just settle your hearts. Just rest. Just breathe. And so by seeing Jesus' response, telling the disciples Don't let your heart be troubled. We see that Jesus is very well aware of all the information that they're processing, of all the things that are going through their mind as a result of what he's just told them. And so as Jesus tells his disciples, as a result of what I've just told you, I want you to just to settle down, just relax. But what we're gonna see as we continue reading through chapter 14 is is Jesus is telling them, don't let your heart be troubled. Yes, now in this current situation, but there's coming tomorrow, there's coming the next day, there's coming seasons of life where you're gonna have to cling to what I'm telling you right now in this moment. So I don't want your hearts to be troubled now, nor do I want them to be troubled later. And so we see that Jesus is not just trying to settle their hearts right now in the current situation, but Jesus is ultimately pointing to what's going to happen and he's wanting them to cling to this promise, to cling to this this commandment of, hey, things are gonna be tough, but listen, don't let your heart be troubled. Calm down, just rest, just relax. No matter what you face, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, troubled, troubles is something that we've, we've heard all through the scriptures. We've been hearing of troubles, even going all the way back to the Old Testament, in reference to that men and women who are faithfully following God, men and women who are faithfully serving God, still face troubles and difficult times. We can look at some of the scriptures in passages of Job chapter 14, verse one. Listen to what Job says. Man, who is born of a woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. Guess who that leaves out? How many of you were born of a woman? You better put your hand up. If it ain't, it's gonna get weird in here, all right? So everybody's born of a woman. I don't care what the media says. Dang it, did I really just say that? I am so, so, no, I don't. Anyway, quit. Look at Jeremiah chapter, yeah, this one, 20, verse 18. Why did I ever come forth from the womb to look onto trouble and sorrow so that my days have been spent in shame? How many of you have ever felt like that? Why did I ever come from the womb? You know, we spend our early days in our mother's womb trying to get out and we spend the rest of our lives trying to get back in. 
Rescue me from this chaos. Then we go on to see that more of troubled times spoken about. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then one more. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I, the Son of God, the Messiah, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords has overcome the world. That's the good news. That is the promise that we see, that we hear. So I want you to understand today that faithful men and women of God, we are going to face troubles. We're going to have difficult seasons. And what I wanna warn you of is this. I wanna warn you of theology that teaches if you just pray this prayer or you just say this or you just do that, then everything's gonna get better and all your problems are gonna go away. Can I tell you that is not the truth? I remember as a middle school PE teacher Working with FCA a lot of times, I remember I would have to go back and clean up so many messes of this false theology because people would stand and say, hey, if you'll just pray this prayer, then all your problems will be fixed. And then I would have teenagers that would come to me, Coach Hall, just weeping, saying, well, so-and-so told me if I prayed this, that my dad would be, would be redeemed, that my family would be fixed, and it's just not happening According to the word of God, it says that we as children, men and women of God, we will have troubles. And there's no way to escape that. So you say, well, how in the world that Jesus is telling them, hey, you're gonna have troubles, but don't let your heart be troubled. How is that possible? How can we as men and women of God who faithfully serve God, who have difficult times, how can we walk in this? How can our hearts not be troubled with what we see going on around us? As Jesus tells them, don't let your heart be troubled. That's what I love about Jesus. He doesn't just make a statement and leave it. He says, I don't want your heart to be troubled but here's why. Here's what you need to do when you face the trouble. Look at the second part of verse one. Believe in God, believe also in me. Now where we have to be careful is we have to make sure that we look into the depths of, of what these words mean. What does believe mean? Believe does not reference the belief that saves. If you remember last week when, when Jesus and Peter kind of got into their little disagreement, Jesus was wanting to wash Peter's feet and, Jesus, and Peter said, no, you're not washing my feet. And he said, if you don't let me do this, you will have no part with me. And if you remember, we unpacked the word bathed, the past tense word of bathed. And what Jesus was speaking of to Peter, he was talking about, you've already been bathed, Peter. You've already been cleansed. You've already been washed whiter than snow. And so what we realize is that Jesus is wanting Peter to have the confidence in knowing, hey, you've already been saved. That is ultimately what this word believe is referencing. It's a little bit different. 
Because the word believe here is not the believe that saves. Remember, that's already taken place. Jesus has already told Peter that. You've already been bathed. But what this word believe means in this context is it's the present tense word, pastino, which means an ongoing trust which means that we're gonna trust Jesus no matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter what we hear, no matter what we see, but Jesus is pleading with his disciples. Look, you've trusted me thus far. You've trusted me to save you, and now I need you to trust me as we continue moving forward. This is an ongoing trust. This is an ongoing belief that walking with Christ it doesn't mean that we won't face hard times, but it does mean we won't face them alone. It does mean that we won't be left on that island by ourselves. And Jesus is saying, look, you trusted me so far. Just keep trusting me. Just keep trusting me. Just don't stop now. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that in this room, even today, that maybe you've been washed in the blood. You've been made clean. You've trusted Jesus with your eternity. But maybe because of circumstances that are going on at home, Circumstances that are going on in the workplace, circumstances that are going on with your children. Although you've trusted him for salvation, you're having a very hard time in trusting him now. Because look, you can't turn on the TV without asking the question, God, where are you at? God, where are you at? And then We'll get the little glimpses. We'll get the little winks, as we call them, from God. And you see revival taking place, as Pastor Brandon was talking about, in certain pockets across the country. But what I want you to understand is the same God that is in Asbury, Kentucky, or Asbury, wherever that is, is the same God that we worship here today. But how it all began, you realize they dismissed a church service for lack of better words and just several students asked if they could stay back and pray. Because just like Pastor Brandon said, the question is not, do we have all of God? The question that we've got to answer is, does God have all of us? And can I tell you the answer to that one is probably no. I can speak for myself. There are many days that God doesn't have all of me because I'm a selfish individual. I'm a human. I'm prideful. I'm insecure, all of the above. And so when I walk in those things, I can honestly say before God, God, I know you're all there, but God, you don't have all of me. But what would it look like in this room today if God had all of us? If God had all of us? You know, and the one thing that I'll, and I may get thrown under the bus for this, but I don't care, I guess. 
when you look on social media, I get so frustrated. When I see men and women and pastors and leaders, and look, if you've done this, I apologize in advance. But they start out the caption of their post as my thoughts on Asbury. And then they begin to unpack if they think it's real or they think it's authentic. Can I just be real honest? I don't care what you think. I don't care your views on Asbury. Because I know the God that I serve and who am I to say God can or can't do something? And all I want is for God to say, hey, I'm willing to pour myself out. If y'all will just look and listen, I'm here. I've not changed. Just turn your eyes, your heart, and your ears to me. I'm ready to pour out revival. But at the end of the day, I don't believe you're ready for me. Because if God truly pours himself out, I go ahead and tell you, it's gonna make us real uncomfortable. We're gonna do a lot of things that we know that we can't do in our flesh because that's when the power of God is revealed. And so when we face troubles, when we face these difficult times, let not your heart be troubled. We've gotta trust Jesus with the process. We've gotta keep on trusting him. How dare we trust him for salvation but not trust him with tomorrow? And you know, as he's telling the disciples this, I have to pause and, and just wonder. Y'all know my mind, it goes everywhere. But as Jesus tells them, hey, you believe in God, but also believe in me. I want you to trust me now. I want you to trust me. Even when your hearts are troubled, I want you to hold on tight. I want you to stay faithful to what I've called you to do. I want you to cling to me, even though you see that you may not want to, but I'm encouraging today, just keep trusting me. I wonder where there's some conversations that, that took place be, between the eating of some bread. Did the disciples begin to process in their mind what all Jesus was saying here? Because whether you believe it or not, this is not the first time that disciples' hearts have been troubled. If you look at all their journey of walking with Jesus, there's a lot of times that their heart has been troubled. And so the fact that we sit here this morning and many of our hearts are troubled, I will promise you, this is not the first time our hearts have been troubled and it's not gonna be the last time your hearts have been troubled. But the disciples, did they begin to think back and begin to reminisce? Did Peter go, you know what? I remember that time. I'd fished all night. I'm a professional fisherman. Like, I know what I'm doing. I fished all night and I didn't catch you a cotton picking thing. And then all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, tells me to go back out there. And so I threw my net on the other side of the boat, like he told me to. And yeah, my heart was troubled, but now my back is because the net's ripping. Because my heart was troubled, but I listened to what the Son of God instructed me to do. Think about Peter too. His, his mother-in-law was very sick. So he became very troubled by this. And what did Jesus do? 
You're worried about the fever? I'll take care of that one too. He heals his mother-in-law. Then the disciples, they're in a boat with Jesus. And we all know the story. Where was Jesus? He's asleep. He wasn't worried about a thing. He was up underneath. Probably sawing logs. I mean, out of it. But then you have the disciples who are up top looking at the circumstances, looking at the world around them, looking at all what's going on and hearing the waves crash against the ship, feeling the winds hit the boat, the boat's rocking, and all of a sudden, you guessed it, their hearts became what? Troubled. And all of a sudden, they run down to the bottom of the ship and they're saying, Jesus, you're not gonna believe what's happening. He wakes up and goes, yeah, I know exactly what's happening. Because remember, I'm him. But in the season of of troubled times, Jesus walks up in the middle of the storm and says what? Stop. And what happened? Their hearts went from being troubled to an awe of God. And then all of a sudden in Jesus' ministry, obviously people were coming from all over the place to see what Jesus was doing. And now all of a sudden there's 5,000 plus that have showed up and they're angry because they're hungry. And the disciples, what did they do again? Their hearts are what? How are we gonna feed all these folks? And Jesus says, what we got? Y'all all know the story. We've heard it over and over again. This little boy has five loaves and two fish. Jesus makes do with it. And all of a sudden, their troubled heart, they stand in awe of God because they had food left over. And then here's the funny part. Right after that, they run into a crowd of 4,000 plus. For all you mathematicians, that's less than 5,000. And now we know again, the disciples' hearts are what? How are we gonna do this? How are we gonna make it? You morons. Do you not remember what just happened? Our hearts were troubled and God moved and now our hearts are settled. But then what the funny thing is, is there's less people and now all of a sudden we realize instead of five loaves and two fish, the Bible says they had seven loaves and several fish. They've got more resources and they're still panicked. And so as we can relate and we can see that this is not the first time the disciples' hearts have been troubled and have they been able to sit down and process God's faithfulness and what all Jesus has done up to this point of saying, you know what, it doesn't matter how troubled time gets, God was faithful then and he's gonna be faithful now. And so did they begin to talk about these things and recognizing all of the seasons through life when Jesus was faithful, when their hearts were troubled. So the point that I want to make here is this. This is not the first time their hearts have been troubled. And if he's done it before, he can do it again. 
If he's done it before, he can do it again. And so he wants them to trust them. He wants to trust them in the now. He wants to trust them in their current situations. Let your heart not be troubled. And then we go on to see. You're going, oh man, he went past first one. Yeah, we're going to go on. I think. God, don't let ever let us move past what you're wanting to do. God, let us always be sensitive to what your spirit leads. And God, I know that some people are going, he's praying right in the middle of a message. But God, I don't ever wanna take a step that is not orchestrated by you. And so God, maybe there's somebody in this room this morning that their heart is troubled. God, maybe today they're ready to give up. Maybe they're ready to throw in the towel today. And God, the only thing you want them to hear today as your child is maybe the only thing that they've came to hear today is don't let your heart be troubled. You've trusted me then. And just trust me now. Church, if we move past this, I'm being disobedient this morning. I get a page and a half left of notes. But if there's one person here that you're broken, that your heart is troubled, that you're overwhelmed with whatever circumstances you're facing. Maybe the only thing you need to hear today and leave with today is hearing the Son of God whisper to you, don't let your heart be troubled. I've been faithful and I'm always gonna be faithful. So you say, well, what do we do? I don't know. Does he have all of us? Or maybe today your circumstances. 
The waves are crashing harder than they've ever crashed. And maybe in your heart of hearts, you're going, okay, well, surely that's it. Surely there won't be another punch. I'm not gonna stand here today and tell you that there won't be. But one thing I want you to hear today is don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God also. Believe in me. Jesus is saying today, I just want you to trust me. I just want you to trust me. And maybe you're here this morning and And you can say, Brian, I've trusted God with my salvation. I know he's saved me. But this season I'm in right now, it's, it's hard to see him. It's hard to hear him. And what I would ask you to do this morning is that all of those troubles, everything that you're even processing right now, you're thinking about all the waves, you're thinking about all the wind, you're thinking about all the rain, you're thinking about every time you've been knocked down. But what I would ask, encourage you to do today is to come and lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, God, I'm tired of my heart being troubled. God, I've trusted you with my eternity, but God, help me trust you with my tomorrow. And maybe that's the only thing that God wants from us as his people today is to bring those troubles and to symbolically lay them at the altar and say, God, I'm tired of carrying this load. God, I believe today, but I need you to help my unbelief. It's okay to tell God you don't trust him. If you thought it, if you feel it, he knows it anyway. Acknowledge it. And so this morning, I'm, I don't even feel led to ask you to stand. When we begin to sing, if you want to stand, if you want to worship, have at it. But the question I think that we've all got to ask ourselves this morning is we believe that God is faithful and we believe that God is never changing. And so we know just as Pastor Brandon, we have all of him. But the question is, does he have all of us? And maybe that's what you need to respond with this morning and say, God, here's all of me. Here's all of my emotions. Here's all of my frustrations. Here's all the stuff that I'm carrying right now in this season of life. 
because I'm right in the middle of some troubles. I'm right in the middle of some difficult times and God, I just wanna lay it at your feet today. And God, whatever trusting you looks like, God, I'm gonna try today to trust you. But what I wanna encourage you to do is maybe be like the disciples. Think back of seasons in your life when maybe you had given up on God and God showed up and changed everything. I remember praying for my dad for years and just real honest, getting to the point I gave up. I said, God's not hearing me. I remember just in the moment that I gave up, God showed up. And I remember thinking, God, my dad just walked through the doors and, and I haven't prayed for that in a while. And that's when God quickly reminded me, I'm always faithful. So if you're here this morning, and I don't know why I feel led, but if you've, if you've given up on somebody, don't give up. You keep praying. You keep asking God to move. If he was faithful then, be faithful again. And so this morning, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be obedient. We're gonna worship. We're gonna pray. This altar is always open. Don't ever feel like we have to say on your mark, get set, go. If God leads you to move now, move now. God leads you to go pray with someone in the room. Be obedient. Because just like those, I believe it was three young ladies that have, that have postured their heart in a place of saying, God, do what only you can do. Look what it's done. What if it all starts with you today? turning your heart to heaven, turning your ears and eyes to say, God, I'm all yours today. But you gotta step out and be obedient. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps, and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also a review allows us to reach even more people. 
Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org. And don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.